Hey guys, producer Ryan here. Just a quick note that if you're in San Francisco, we're going to be in your town on Thursday, April 18th at 10 p.m. for one show only at the Dark Room Theater in the Mission District. Uh, you can get tickets right now at putyourhandstogethersf.eventbrite.com and uh, bright is spelled the incorrect way. And also, if you live in Portland, we are going to be in your town on Sunday, April 21st as part of the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. You can get more details at bridgetowncomedy.com. Thanks. Enjoy the show. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. What's up, everybody? Thanks for coming out to the UCB. Please shut off your cell phones and please put your hands together for your host, Cameron Esposito. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Yay, guys, welcome. You should clap again. You should clap again. It's kind of laid back in here tonight. Are you guys feeling that? How relaxed it is? That's kind of nice. That feels appropriate. I'm exhausted. I was up in the middle of the night. Uh, just worried about everything. And then I spent most of today worried if I didn't call my parents back, they would die. <laughs> Between when they called me and when I called them back. Do you guys ever go through that? <laughs> Your parents call you and you're like, shit. I don't want to talk to them. And they're in perfect health. <laughs> but if I don't call them back or pick up, they're going to die. I totally read Sarah Plain and Tall like a, like a lot of times as a child. If anybody understands the tie-in there. There was a mom and she didn't say, the kid was mad and she didn't say goodbye to the, she didn't say goodnight to the mom because she was too mad and then the mom passed away. So I'm 31 years old, I'm still suffering from that <laughs> childhood reading. Can't ignore my text messages from my dad who's telling me to have a great show! <laughs> and so, are we gonna do that? show but also can't confirm doesn't listen to the show I told him he has to stop going on my Facebook that was pretty recent so he'd call me and be like oh I see that you're whatever he would say I don't know who does anyone have very involved parents do you have involved parents yeah what how's that going for you are you setting good boundaries uh, no. okay all right yeah not setting boundaries at all uh, how old are you do you mind if I ask uh, 23. 23 yeah that's okay you just, you're a baby. You shouldn't know this yet. Uh, how bad, do you, live, do you live with your folks? I don't. Oh, look at you, 23, living in the world. Come on. <laughs> Round of applause for this guy. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Who bought you that shirt? I did. Yeah, you bought yourself your shirt. <laughs> I think you're doing fine. I think you're doing just fine. Oh, I should say this again. I'm Cameron Esposito. I'll be your host for tonight. Yes. It's going to be a great show. We've got tons of awesome comics. It's going to be relaxed. Um, I got, well, I'm a, I'm a part-time, uh, part-time, I'm nannying right now to spend joy time with a baby. <laughs> and that baby barfed in me while I was wearing this sweatshirt. And then I showered. I was like, I think it's still good. <laughs> so guys, 
Who can spot the barf? <laughs> can anyone see it? It's a black sweatshirt. It feels like you'd be able to see it. I don't know what this baby was drinking. Because I looked a couple times in the mirror, couldn't see a single barf spot. But he barfed like crazy. I did make him laugh the other day for the first time. He laughed for the first time. I was killing is what I was doing. <laughs> what else is happening? I'm scared of the dark. <laughs> I am. I'm so sorry to say it. I have terrible vision. I've had terrible vision my entire life, and I'm really afraid of the dark for this reason. I think it could just be that I'm... It could also be anxiety or, uh, or uh, just... I don't know, generally, wa like, watching the movie Seven too early. There's a couple things it could be. But every night, I, ha I, I have to build a fortress of pillows, and then my girlfriend has to... S I have to sleep almost under my girlfriend, and then I put a stuffed dog on the other side of my body. A lot of you guys might know about this. It's my patented trick. I talk about it a lot. I'm 31. What am I doing with a stuffed dog on my body? Well, guys, it's about a five-inch deep dog. That's a lot of knives <laughs> that could be deflected by that dog. Just think about that. If you're carrying a knife with a longer blade than like five inches, that's going to be really obvious. It'll be tough to break into my apartment with such a long knife. <laughs> so I figured out how to stop middle-of-the-night murderers. Just fall asleep. I'm so hot. I'm so hot every night because I'm covered in pillows and dogs. I'm sleeping under my girlfriend. But, I, but, it, but it's, it's the only thing I can do to make, uh, to make the White Walkers go away. That happened this week. Yes, it came back. It was very good. You liked it. Did you see it? Did you see it on uh, Sunday? Would it, I thought it was a great season opener. Oh, someone else. I'm not going to. I'm just talking. It's just a general review. <laughs> I didn't even name the show. I could be talking about anything. It's talking about white people walking around. I live in Los Feliz. That's what I'm talking about. White people. Walking white people in Los Feliz. I'm talking about Game of Thrones. That's a great show. And, it, I, and the, I do think that, the, that it, uh, yes, a couple claps. I didn't write it, but I care about it. It makes me feel supported. Can't wait to see. What's going to happen with Arya? You know, like how old is she going to get during this series? That's what I want to know. Just started when she was very young. She's got breasts in this season. hope that didn't spoil her. Spoiler alert. She's <laughs> got breasts. I love, uh, thank you. I love, I do love, like, I love action and sci-fi and fantasy films. It's my favorite stuff. Uh, and the Arclight here in, in Los Angeles, the Arclight is like a movie theater that is so serious. <laughs> like, the amount of seriousness that Scientologists have for Scientology, that's the same amount of seriousness that people at the Arclight have for movies. <laughs> There's plainclothes police officers that belong to secret societies there. You understand. But I went to, I went to go see uh, Back to the Future, which is my girlfriend's favorite movie. Yes, they were showing that. They were showing Back to the Future. And I will admit something to you guys. I accidentally got drunk. <laughs> this was showing at like 5 o'clock p.m. But at like 2 o'clock, I met uh, my co-producer Ryan for some margaritas, and apparently I get drunk off of one margarita. <laughs> I think I maybe had 1.5. But I was hammered in the middle of the day going to see Back to the Future, which would seem okay, because it's like, oh, it's just, well, it's just, 
What do you have to do for the rest of the day? Just see Back to the Future. Well, who gives a shit? Drink another one! But I forgot I was going to see it at the Arclight where everybody, it's like church for movies. Like you can't, you can't just show them, give me some way, yeah, you turn that bread into Jesus, cool. Like you can't come in there with a relaxed attitude. People had t-shirts on, do you understand? They had role playing, they had cosplay happening at the Arclight and I just rolled up like, I had a burrito and several margaritas, make the movie go. But I tried to keep it together up until one point in the movie. Like, I didn't even say anything. I just sat solitarily, like, singularly in my seat, knowing that I was drunk. Have you guys ever, how fun is that? Because I didn't even say anything. I just sat there like, I'm so drunk. (laughs) If anybody was talking to me, they'd be like, this girl's drunk. We're watching a movie there. (laughs) And the movie made so much sense to me that day. So I got, I, I took my phone out about an hour and 45 minutes into the movie just to see what time it was. I didn't really need to know the time, but I was drunk. <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, what time? I gotta figure out how much longer this movie is. Because <laughs> I either have to make the decision to go to sleep or leave. <laughs> I took my phone out to look at what time it was. And um, a gentleman next to me said, excuse me, that's very rude. Like that loud, that's how loud he said. Excuse me, that's very rude, and I was drunk, and so did like the best, see, because he was patrolling my actions, but when you're drunk, you can't take anybody seriously, so I did the best deflection. He said like, excuse me, and I just went, which he did not like. (laughs) And he said, I, they show a movie before the movie about how you're not supposed to look at your phones. His voice cracked. (laughs) So, my point is, uh, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. I shouldn't have had my phone out in the movie. But uh, also, I do almost, I do a lot of things right. Like, I don't speed. And I do not ride my bicycle on the sidewalk because that is idiotic. And you need to stop doing that in Los Angeles. Uh, But just that one day, I was glad that I was armed with the drunk defense to stand up for myself because that guy was patrolling me. He was being a bit of a bully in that moment. And I just felt really happy that I poofed him off. I'm going to leave you guys with one thing before, before I get the rest of the show started. And it's just a, it's just a one sentence. Uh, so yesterday was April Fool's Day. It's very fun. Uh, was that yesterday? Holy shit. What day is it? Yes. Wow, that was literally yesterday. So I was driving down the street, and uh, I, heard, um, there was a, I heard this at the corner of Sunset and Hillhurst. Welcome to the Vortex. The Vortex is now open. Welcome to the Vortex. The Vortex is now open. And I couldn't place where this was coming from because it was like said with that kind of like flat into, welcome to the Vortex. The Vortex is now open. 
And then I realized that there was a woman standing. This is like a six-way intersection. And she was standing on a corner with a teeny PA in front of a store called the Vortex talking about how that store had opened. But number one, weird promotional campaign. Just a single lady, just welcome to the Vortex. Also, what a weird day to pick to have that be the thing that you say to promote your store called the Vortex. Welcome to the Vortex. The Vortex is now open. Holy shit. I feel like we should be more worried about this. Should not just be announcing the Vortex. We gotta close that Vortex. So go to that store, corner of Sunset and Hillhurst. Are you guys ready to have a great show? Awesome. Hey, we've got, we got a great performer coming up first. He just moved here two and a half weeks ago from San Francisco. He's a new baby to this city. And we can hold him tight to our chests and love him and burp him a little bit, make him feel comfy. So guys, please welcome to the stage, very funny man, Mr. Kevin Kamiya. Let's hear it for Kevin. Thank you very much. Keep it going for Cameron, folks. Let her hear it, please. Yes. I just moved here, and on the way over here, I was thinking, uh, what if I was white? <laughs> right? Yeah, how sick would that be? Right? If I just came out here, and I was all white. Right? Just head to toe white. Ooh. How cute would I be, right? I'm talking all white, dudes. All white, you know. Pink dick, whole thing. Man. Just white. <laughs> pink dick. My life would be different, right? Probably go home to one of those sexy silver refrigerators. Oh, have you seen those? They make them in silver now. My life couldn't be more different, man. I'm brown. Blah. I got a white refrigerator. Fucking that. And I got a mauve dick. It's mauve. I don't know if you know about brown people, but we turn like mob down there. It's gross. It's like an ugly prom dress. It's nasty. I want that pink. If I was white too, you'd be hard pressed to find a more prouder white guy. Right? Because for some reason you can't be proud. Why? There's so much to be proud about. Right? Like some of my favorite artists are white. That's just how it is. Right? Like how sick... How sick is Tom Petty? Come on, Tom Petty, right? Come on, guys, don't do me like that, right? Tom Petty. You listen to some of the old tracks, there's Tom Petty and Stevie Nicks singing together. Is that even legal? If I was white and I was at a Tom Petty concert, <laughs> I'd push my way up to the front, right? Tom Petty's about to go on. I'm about to get hyped. Right? Get excited. Come on, guys. Get excited. Let's do this. White. 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 I don't know. Probably get kicked out or something. But it's, that's my enthusiasm. If I was white, too, uh, I could understand the hardships that white people go through. Right? Because there's a lot. Right? Like, how often as a white person do you have to say the phrase, I'm not racist? <laughs> Come on, man, like eight, nine times a day? That's no way to live. You can never be honest. 
You can never be, you can't be like, oh, I don't like Indian food. What? What are you, racist? Like, no, no, relax. I'm just saying, I'm not used to the spices. When I eat it, it kind of goes right through me. <laughs> what? Indian culture gives you diarrhea? Like, no, fucking relax. Then you gotta say that bullshit, like, ah, oh, listen, listen, I got a lot of Indian friends. I got a lot. Oh, really? You got a lot of Indian friends? Here's a pen. Spell their names. Like, ah, oh, fucking. Can't do it. Who's the sickest white artist out there, though? Who's the best? Who do you think? Who? Eminem. Eminem. He's all right. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Wes Anderson. Oh. You watch a Wes Anderson movie? I watched Moonrise Kingdom. I, I couldn't believe it, man. I, couldn't, I had to take a walk. Find a tree. Just lean against a tree. Just like, ugh. White people are so quirky. Tell you. I want to be quirky too, man. <laughs> Not with this mob dick. <laughs> Guys, I was bullied growing up. Anybody else bullied here? Anybody? Just nobody. Oh, one person. Thank you, sir. The rest of you just stood there and watched it happen like a bunch of assholes. Could have used your help. Right? Bullying is a good way to grow up because it's made me the man I am today. Right? Non-confrontational. Okay, and incredibly flinchy. Just flinchy. All the fucking time flinchy. Like, if you do this, I'm gonna do that, for sure. Like, oh, buddy, I was gonna give your change back. Where are you going? Where are you going? Like, oh, fuck, sorry, thank you. Thank you, thank you. I don't know why I'm bowing all of a sudden, but thank you. And I was bullied in third grade, all of third grade. And I know why. It's because I hung out with all the girls. Right? I loved hanging out with the girls. I used to draw horses with like long eyelashes and shit. I was one of those boys. My dad's like, can't you draw some robots or something? I'm like, yes, with eyelashes, sir. That's all I know. I just like the girls' games better. Right, like hopscotch, jump rope, double dutch. I'm like, let me get this straight, ladies. I get to jump and sing. <laughs> you had me at jump and sing, let's do this. <laughs> and this was too much for a bully to handle, too much. And he wasn't a regular bully at all, he was a bully slash foster kid. Yeah. That's a tough combination right there. I don't know if you guys ever got hit by a fucking foster kid before. <laughs> Let me tell you, it comes from a real honest place, right? Like, there's a lot of backstory in that fucking punch. Other kids, when they hit you, you may see stars in the sky. Uh-uh, when this dude hit me, I saw a teenage mother crying in the hospital. As they took her baby away. And don't feel sorry for him, he whooped my ass. All right, this is all a true story. One day in class, he stabbed me with a compass. Okay? You guys remember the compass, right? One end, you attach a pencil. The other end's a fucking murder weapon, right? He stabbed me right in the leg. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I was like, teacher, there's gotta be easier ways to draw circles. And why do we pass out compasses to third graders without proper background checks? I don't get it. 
I could tell by the look on his face when he saw it too. He's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this isn't the look of like, oh man, I'm gonna be an architect someday. It's yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm gonna stab this Filipino kid in the leg and I'm gonna go home early. <laughs> I figured it out. That wasn't even the worst thing he made me do. The worst thing he made me do is he made me kiss his sister, right? His foster sister. First of all, I don't like girls yet, right? I'm only in third grade. And all I know about kissing is that's what adults do in order to make babies, right? So yeah, I don't, I don't want to be only third grader with a fucking baby, right? Next year, I don't want to be only divorced fourth grader, right? That'd be some bullshit. Like, ah, the bitch took everything! She took all my favorite color pencils. She took black and brown and blue and green. How am I supposed to draw a horse in the field drinking water out of lake? <laughs> All right, you guys have been a lot of fun tonight. Thank you very much. Hey, it's Kevin Camille. One more time for Kevin. Come on. Oh. So how was your how was your week this week, sir? Yeah, would you? I'll specifically I'll narrow it down. What'd you do today? You came to LA. Yeah, from where? Are you? Is this a group of humans that are together? Yes. Where are y'all visiting? Los Angeles. Yes. No. From nearby. Okay. From where? Santa Fe Springs. That's. It's just like, like two different places. That you made a separate fake place out of. <laughs> That's cool. Where is, how far away is that? 40 minutes, half hour. You seem to be disagreeing. Longer? Shorter? No. Didn't. He, oh, wow. <laughs> kind of a 10 minute, like, you know, dispute going on here. I like this. This is cool. How do you guys all know each other? High school? Cur currently? No. <laughs> What if you were in high school? You have a beard. If you're like, this is what high school looks like. My fucking earlobes are stretched. I'm in ninth grade. You know, like that would be so serious. We've been smoking since we were born. You're still friends? And how, how long ago was high school? Pretty recent or not that recent? Pretty, two years ago. Oh, oh no, you're still children. You're still tiny children with beards. If high school was two years ago, you are here because you can't drink. That's why you're here. Because you're maybe 20. You're 20 and you look like adult people. Good, good gravy. I, I have no... I can't ever place men for ages. So it's, that's wild to know that. Uh, and you're all still buddies? Do y'all do still live in Santa Fe Springs where you grew up? Pretty much. That's cool. Do you have Do you have jobs? Are you going to school? What are you guys doing? You have a job. What do you do? You work at Kohl's, like the department store. Oh, I used to work at Kohl's, but it was a bar. So one of those is better than the other one. <laughs> but you wouldn't know about it yet. Twenty year olds, am I right? Come on, they're twenty. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. That's cool. How How's that going? Do you like it? Is it? No, you hate it. What's the worst part? The low, low prices? Yeah. Just sucks. Well, welcome to the rest of your life. 
daily grind, am I right? You know what I mean? No, I don't mean like, I just mean, that's work, you know? Work is work. I, earlier today, I didn't, I didn't want to come here and talk to you right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I knew you were going to be here, and I did want to. I did want to come. Guys, let's hear it for this, for this group. They drove between 20 and 40 minutes to get here, and they'll be driving that home, and we're so happy that they're here. We got another great comic coming up next. He runs an awesome show here uh, in Los Angeles called Competitive Erotic fan fiction. And if you haven't been to that show, just listen to the title. Competitive erotic fan fiction. That's everything you like. Please welcome to the stage Mr. Brian Cook, guys. Let's hear it for Brian. Come on. Hi. How are we doing? Uh, listen, gay people. With all the stuff in the news, I just want to say, when we're beyond this, with the Supreme Court and everything else, when we're on the other side of it, I just hope that you will look back when you have equal rights and remember and give credit to where credit is due for having gotten you there. I, of course, am referring to straight white people posting to their Pinterest boards photos of cupcakes with the equality symbol. You're the real heroes. I think we can all agree. People who are in their mid-twenties and when are faced with the adversity of other people boldly say, how can I properly express my outrage if not with baked goods? How long was it a matter of, was it more than an hour before all your shitty friends on Facebook uh, took the marriage equality symbol and went, I mean, this is great, but <laughs> what if I could make it bacon? What if, I mean, it's, you don't have equal rights and that's cute, but what if it was two mustaches? Would that not, not everyone has the same rights as me, but what if we could make it hashtag bacon and mustaches? What do we have to do to get you in a cupcake today? Equality. That's, those are the real heroes, and I think that we need to reflect on that as a people. Uh, I'm kidding, you're garbage. You're bags of human garbage if that was your initial reaction to some people don't have the same rights. Gay people, you do whatever the fuck you want. You're, it's your battle, you're fighting it, you do crazy whatever you want with your logo. It's the straight, the straight folks that are like, this is adorable to us, and so we're just gonna... It makes me wish that Facebook had existed in the 60s so I could have seen you all... I wasn't alive, but had I been there, uh, seen you all change your Facebook profiles to, like, the Black Power Fist, but with, like, a shake weight in it, right? Because first and foremost, irony. Right, guys? Right? Irony before equality. It's like George Washington said. I, uh, I am all, I'm a liberal guy, I'm all for uh, equal rights, I'm all for gay marriage, and for the obvious reasons in that there is no argument against it, right? There's nothing you can say against it because it doesn't affect your life. You're opposed to gay marriage, don't fucking get gay married. It's that easy. It's very, I'm 35 years old, I drink heavily, not once woken up gay married. It's never happened. So it pisses me off when people are on the news that are opposed to it because it doesn't affect your life. I say that, but then a couple of months ago, I saw like an early 20s heterosexual couple out for a jog while holding hands, and I got so mad I couldn't sleep for three days. 
you understand that I'm a hypocrite and a piece of shit, right? That could not affect my life less. But I would not only vote for legislation tomorrow making it illegal to go jogging while holding hands, but punishable by death. I want them put in camps. And don't try to give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they were running to catch a bus. No, they were wearing headbands, wristbands, jogging shorts. Unless they were just running to go catch a bus to jog somewhere else. This was a young couple who was so in love they couldn't bear to be more than a foot away from each other. And I want them to die screaming. I'm okay with all the big stuff. I don't care what you want to do with drugs. Shoot heroin into your cock vein on a city bus on a sunny day. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. But then when I see a commercial on television where an ad agency makes a woman eat yogurt with her eyes closed and then turn the spoon over to make sure she gets every last little drop of it off, I fucking get Republicans. I get them in that moment. Because Republicans just want everyone to behave like them and I don't eat goddamn low-fat key lime play with my eyes closed. I sure as shit don't do it on television. And if we have any feminists here tonight, I support your cause wholeheartedly, but do yourselves a favor. Rather than like campaigning to get the names of manhole covers changed to person hole covers, go out and burn down a Yoplait factory. Or a Duncan Hines refinery or wherever else they churn out that garbage that's then marketed to you in a cute way they think you can relate to. Because who cares that you got knocked up senior year by that dipshit from the football team and then he left you after you crapped out three kids by the time you were 27 and none of your hopes and dreams are quite working out the way that you planned as long as you got your little molten chocolate lava microwavable brownie biscuits. Right, ladies? <laughs> chocolate! complain about how they're portrayed in films and on television shows, but I don't think that's the real problem. I think it's commercials, because I saw a movie once where they let Denise Richards play a rocket scientist. <laughs> Meanwhile, have you seen a fucking Klondike bar ad lately? Remember Klondike bar ads when there was something cute and nebulous in the 90s where it was like, what would this guy do for a Klondike bar? Cluck like a chicken, right? No big deal. There's literally a Klondike bar ad on television right now that is just this. <laughs> what would this guy do for a Klondike bar? Listen to his wife talk for five seconds. That's a real commercial on TV that people watch with their faces, and liberals aren't burning down Klondike bar factories. They just took the subtext of every Bud Light ad and made it the text of a Klondike bar ad. That's all that is. Like, we're this close to people just putting ads on television where they go, Hey, what's up, bro? Who do you hate more than chicks? No one, right? Put this in your mouth till she shuts up, Klondike. Hey, who do you hate more than broads, right, bro? Your mom was one, icecream.com. Hey, when was the last time you just held a woman down and fucking beat her little bird bones into the goddamn ground and just watched that halo of blood form around her head in the driveway and then just stood there and crushed fucking curls till the cops showed up and died in a hail of gunfire because your mama never loved you but she didn't raise no pussy. Hey, ice cream. Thanks, guys. I'm Brian Cook. Get over Cameron Esposito. Guys, one more time for Brian Cook. Come on, let him hear it. We're having a great show so far. Very fun. Yeah, get in here. Come on in. Yes. Are you? Yes. We, is that, were those the chairs you guys were supposed to sit in? Apparently. Yeah. Awesome. That's right. One on each. That's cool. Yes. I just was a, that you're all friends. It was. It's not weird that you were split by a person. Yeah. And you, and you come here all the time, and you broke your hand or arm. 
your hand. How'd you, how'd it happen? Oh, heavens to Betsy. Well, wait a minute. You hit a car with your bike. <laughs> I should have seen what happened to the people in the car. Yeah. Do you mean the do you mean the car hit your bike? No, I hit the <laughs> Was it their fault or your fault? Probably my fault. Oh, wow. Your candor is much appreciated. Also, you should stop saying that. <laughs> Not, not for, I don't know if you've spoken to, wow, I can't believe this is happening right now, but for insurance purposes, probably don't tell anybody that. <laughs> can't believe I'm just giving you uh, insurance coaching, but have you spoken to their insurance company yet? No. Just don't accept liability is all I'm saying, you know, because like then they could have like a neck injury and they're like, this guy, you roll out in front of us and then, you know, you have to pay for their neck injury. That, you know. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry that that happened, but I'm glad you're okay. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, I guess so. Did you, did you make a dis- Wait, can I ask- Let me ask you one more question. Yeah. Uh, was it like a point of no return thing where like, y- you know, things just happened and then, oops, it might have been your fault, or did you make a decision <laughs> as a cyclist that you were like, oh, I'm getting this Escalade, <laughs> and just ram into the back of there? Wow, look at that. Wow. 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 Why don't you just check the time on your phone? Why don't you? While you're at it. No, um. That's wow. Wow. What a. What a. Well, wait a minute. All right. We don't have to gang up on him. Who else? Admit it. Admit it, Los Angeles. Who else rides on the fucking sidewalk in this audience? Clap. Clap if you ride on the sidewalk. Okay, now listen to me. And the lesson you've learned tonight. Stop it! Stop doing that because you're making it so I can't ride in the street. Because people here are very confused. I ride in the street and cars yell at me, Excuse me! You're supposed to be on the sidewalk! And then by the time, and then I'm like, No! Technically, by law! But, they're, but I'm on a bike, so I can't keep up. Technically, by law, I'm supposed to be here and I have to turn on Yes. <laughs> you had a question? It was on the way to critical mass. Was that make it better or worse? Probably worse, right? I don't know if it's ironic. So, it, well, maybe it's like no, actually, because if irony is actually like the least likely thing to happen in the situation, probably the most likely thing is if you're like off to critical mass, a, mil- a million accidents. Don't you think that's like? I don't mean to say that out loud, but um, <laughs> just feels like. Oh, so then did you tell me you just rode in the mass anyway? You were like, No, no, it's fucked oh. up the front tire of my bike. Like, totally. You can put that over your shoulder, just port it, you know, just, <laughs> just run in the. I understand what cyclists are like. They're serious. They used to be so much more of a cyclist, but Los Angeles has taken it right out of me because I refuse to ride on the sidewalk. And uh, there you go. <laughs> I've made my stand. But I'm not shaming you. You seem to be an adult that's taking responsibility for your own life. It's almost as if you're a 23-year-old <laughs> that moved out of your parents' house already. Or a 20-year-old that has a job at Kohl's. <laughs> what a group of responsible adults this is here at this show tonight. You should clap for everybody. 
for really making it out of their houses and taking responsibility for their lives, you know. Oh, man, we are going to keep the show rolling. Very excited about this next comic. So happy she could be on the show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it right now for April Richardson. Give it up for April. Come on. I do. She was giving practical advice, but it made me think, like, the, are there, like, insurance narcs? In the crowd, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, don't say that loud. Like, somebody in the crowd's going to be like, I'm calling up 1-800-insurance to tell him this guy. Um, that made me laugh. Maybe only me backstage. Also, is this a misfit shirt? Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, I was just going to say, you know Glenn Danzig lives down the street. I don't know if anybody else in the room cares, but he does. And I've gone to his house. <laughs> I went to his house on June 6, 2006. 666. It's his holiday. Uh, I went with a bunch of friends and like took pictures outside of his wrought iron. I don't know if you've been. It's on Franklin, and it looks exactly like the house Glenn Danzig lives in. It looks like a, a haunted house. Like you drive up to it, and you're like, "Of course." And uh, I was there with like four other friends, and they, I'm like, "Let's take pictures and get out of here." And they're like, "No, let's explore it." And like started walking around to his backyard, and I'm like, w- "He will murder us and feel nothing." <laughs> he's Glenn. He's like the devil. He's above the law. He'll murder us and get away with it. Let's go home now before he finds out. Um, I. Uh, it's lazy. I'm going to read a text message soon on my phone. That's why it's there. So just letting you guys know to anticipate that. Um, because I recently got dumped, right? Aww. Oh, it happens to everyone. However, this, this is not a joke. The guy who dumped me was in so insanely out of my league that I was on borrowed time the entire time. <laughs> to where I'm like, one day this, this guy's going to wake up and go, why am I dating a member of the Adams family? I can have any girl I want. Because he was like the 6'2". I keep saying was like he's dead. He's still a 6'2", crazy, handsome, blonde hair, blue-eyed, green beret, also a doctor with an Ivy League film degree. It, right? Where I was like, you're a made-up person. <laughs> when we met, and then so when he broke up with me, I was like, I don't blame you. <laughs> I mean, why are you slumming it this whole time, buddy? He used to be dating like a supermodel slash rocket scientist slash, you know, whatever other smart thing. I can't even think of him. So clearly, I don't deserve to be his girlfriend. So, so yeah, so he broke up with me, right? So I had all this time on my hands. So I did a bunch of traveling after I watched everything that Netflix has on it. I was like, I've run out of things to watch. I should go somewhere. Uh, and I went to South Africa. And I don't know. Yeah. Have you, are you from there or have you been there? Oh, where are you from? Cape Town. Okay, yeah. Well, don't be offended by some of the things I'm about to say. (laughs) Your hometown is beautiful. However, I nearly got murdered every 10 minutes. Um, And so that's what I'm going to talk about. Um, Are you, were you like born and raised there? Yeah, my friend, okay. Well, my friend, maybe, oh, I don't want to do that thing. I, one time when I was in England, uh, this girl, I met this girl, and she was like, oh, you're from America. And I'm like, yeah. She was kind of young. She was maybe like 12 or 13, but she asked me, like, people I knew, like, do you know so-and-so? Do you know so-and-so? Like, I, I just know all Americans. And then she was also like, do you know Michael Jackson? I was like, no, this is before he died. It, so it wasn't as weird, but I was like, no, we don't all just know each other, especially famous people. So uh, anyway, so I go to Cape Town because my friend Michelle lives there, right? And uh, she is a living saint. Like, she moved there. She started this charity for homeless teenagers. Like, she's an amazing human being. And, uh, yeah, so I get there, and her boyfriend picks me up from the airport. uh, And he was like, hey, I'm sorry if I'm a little bit tired and frazzled, but I was just moving in with Michelle, my friend. 
And I'm like, oh, that's nice, that's romantic. And he goes, no, actually I had to because yesterday I witnessed my next door neighbor's murder and the murderers saw me see them, so I had to move out the next day. <laughs> Welcome to Cape Town, April. So I'm like, in a total full-on homemade witness protection, like cut his own hair and all this shit. And he's like, welcome. And I'm like, cool, can't wait to hang out with you guys while you're on the run. Like, I'm glad that this is when I planned my trip. So that happened, and yeah, so he was moving in with her. And uh, yeah, because I didn't know, and here's the thing, I'm not a particularly like patriotic person. Like I'm not, I support the troops and all that, calm down and throw tomatoes at me or anything. Like, I'm fine with America. We are fine with each other. But I do find that when you go to a place where your friends tell you, like, hey, if you call the cops here, they'll just laugh at you and not come, you get home to America and you kiss the ground. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of a sudden, I'm like, USA, 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 because I know if I call 911, they're not going to laugh at me. Like, bare mins, you know what I mean? So, but... It's totally the most beautiful place I've ever been. Like, unbelievable, beautiful scenery, so great. But we're driving around one day, and my friend Andrew, the aforementioned guy in his own witness protection program, there are all these signs on the side of the road warning about baboons. Right? All, like, yield signs with, like, ba baboons. Like, one's like a picture of a baboon with a Ghostbusters no over it. And so I'm like, what's the deal with baboons? What's going on? And he goes... Oh, well, they mug you. <laughs> and, he, and, he's, and I start laughing like, no, seriously, what do they do? And he's like, no, they mug you. He goes, they're gangsters. <laughs> and I'm laughing for like 10 minutes. And he's like, no, like my friends got robbed by baboons. He goes, my friend had his iPad stolen by a baboon. <laughs> and I go, I was like, first of all, Surely you guys have figured out that some of these are dudes in baboon costumes. <laughs> At this point, right? Because I'm like, what are baboons doing with your eye products? And I gotta say, I was a little disappointed walking the streets of Cape Town. I'm like expecting a baboon to come up in a trench coat and be like, I got some good shit, man. Like there's a baboon black market. But then also, um, you know, I kind of think that that... They, you guys can't let anybody know that because that turns out... You know how when you're eating, you don't finish your food and somebody's like, oh, you know, there's starving kids in Africa. It kind of turns that on its head because you're like, uh, no, there are baboons over there with iPads. <laughs> like, they're balling out of control in Africa. <laughs> like, they're doing fine. Just get those iPads sold, get those kids some food, get the baboons to help out a little bit <laughs> with all their riches. Yeah, so... And there's a documentary bringing it back to Netflix that you can watch about like the leader of one of the baboon gangs. His name was Fred and they killed him because he was like straight up leading gangs of baboons to rob houses. And the baboon patrol, which are dudes on the side of the road in fluorescent vests whose sole job it is to make sure you don't get mugged by a baboon. Not a joke. Like they killed him clearly because they're like, he's like the biggie smalls of baboons. <laughs> We gotta take care of this problem. He's the ringleader. And then, like, you guys' version of PETA got, like, all mad. And they're, and they're like, no, he was a thug. <laughs> like, we had to take care of it. Um, okay, I wanna read this really quickly uh, because, okay, so yeah, I got, this is the first relationship I was in after my divorce. It gets worse, guys. So I was married. I was married for all of my 20s, right? And then that ended. And then I dated this guy, and then that's over. So I don't know anything about, like, dating protocol. Like, I genuinely don't. And so I, and, 
yeah, so I don't know what I'm doing. And obviously, you know, all my friends who are normal and didn't get married at 23, like, have stories, you know what I mean? Like, they go on dates like normal adults and know what to do. And sometimes they tell me things where I'm like, I'm cool with never going on a date again, if that's what's happening. And so basically, a friend of mine uh, went on two dates with this dude, and that's it. And they, and they just, like, made out, and that's it. Like, they didn't even fool around that much. And then he never called her back. So she's like, okay, I guess he's not into it. That's fine. So after a week of not hearing a word from this guy, and again, they only kissed, week of no contact, she gets the following text message from him that I'm going to read to you. And it's 100% real. I've been thinking a lot about having, like, an anal sex adventure extravaganza night with you. Since I'm really into that, and if you'd be interested, and if you enjoy it, could be a fun and interesting time. I can understand if this turned you off, but you only live once is what I say. So let me just break this down really quick. First of all, he YOLO'd it at the end. You just went full YOLO. Um, second of all, I don't care how familiar we are with each other. I don't care if we've been married for 50 years and I know you better than anyone on the planet. You never put a request for butt sex in writing. In writing, where I will have it forever to read into the microphones and tell strangers that you had the nerve to send this. Also, adventure extravaganza. What is that? Are there gonna be clowns there and a Ferris wheel? I feel like when you're requesting to go in the back door, it's the one time you can leave the thesaurus out of it. Like, let's not have any flowery language. Just get down to biz. Uh, she didn't answer, and then 10 minutes later, he, he texted, please say yes, and she ignored it. Um, yeah, so that's it for me. Thanks, you guys. Guys, April Richardson, let's hear it for April. Uh, who, wait, who's from Cape Town? I was in the, wait, you are? Yes. Uh, uh, how? I'm sure April will cover I was back. I was back. I do like a little interview sometime during the show because of podcast. That it's also. Well, we're also a podcast. So you should download that and rate and review on iTunes. Okay, covered. You're from Cape Town. Do you live in Los Angeles now? Yeah. Oh, there it is. I had an ex girlfriend from Cape Town. Are you her? <laughs> It'd be weird if, like, I did. Yeah, and then you wouldn't. It would be strange if you were wearing a mask. <laughs> Why didn't you just tell me you were here? We're on good terms. And she's like, yeah. That's. Uh, I'm gonna, but English, yes. yes. Not Afrikaans. Not Afrikaans. Yes, I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> she's Afrikaans. Oh, she is. Yeah. What do you think about that? I'm not with her. Does she speak it? I mean, did you speak it? Uh, happy birthday. Very good. So I held on to that. How long have you lived in LA? 10 years. Yeah. Oh, I love to say where you say yes. That's it. That's it. Um, LA and Cape Town, I think, actually are really similar in terms of the, the way they look and like weather and stuff. Weather and their people. Mm. Not, it. I'm not talking about like shanty towns right. or the, I'm right. not that, but like generally, you know, uh, palm trees. 
elevation. Some elevation. That's where the similarity. All right. All right. Where would you? What do you? Yes, less less baboons. That's right. That's right. Yes, less baboons. That's true. Uh, also, uh, l- yeah, less African animals in general. <laughs> I guess what's different about LA from Cape Town is like you never had to go around it for trade, you know, and like that one. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, less African animals. True. I would say more Americans here. Maybe more. More Americans. Uh, what other things? <laughs> Similar amounts of pasta, weirdly. <laughs> right. We'll keep the show rolling. Thanks for being here tonight. Ooh, my pleasure. Yeah, oh, my pleasure as well. She sounds great. Let's <laughs> hear it for her. Awesome. Hey, uh, this next comic, also, what a, what a great performer he is. So hilarious. You guys are going to love him. Let's hear it right now for Chip Pope, guys. Give it up for Chip. Come on! Yes. Hi, gang. Nice to see you. I don't know a lot about Africa or Africans. Uh, I do know how to spot a black gay guy. He's the one smiling. But that's it. <laughs> Other than that, my knowledge is limited. I have an admission to make. Uh, I have been watching Degrassi for 25 years, exactly. I'm probably on some sort of government watch list, but I've been, they have like a new season every week, so you have to watch it. I swear to God, like it's a new season of Degrassi already? Your TiVo just fills up with like 50 Degrassi's. You have to watch it. I got so excited the other day when I saw one of the recent cast members out in public at the Starbucks. I was like, ah, yeah, you know? Like, it was crazy. Like, when you see your teacher when you're, like, five years old at the grocery store or something, oh, what are they doing here? But I knew not to, I knew to be like, don't say anything. It's some kind of sting operation, you know, where they're targeting guys in their 40s for something or another. And just like someone's gonna come out and like those old timey brown overcoats and handcuffs and take me off. I love Degrassi because they're Canadian, so there's absolutely no consequences to anything that they do. <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be like morality tales. You know, supposed to be like, oh no, I got my teenage girlfriend pregnant and I'm only 15 myself. What a broomhead. I guess if there are any complications, our free healthcare system will take care of everything. (laughs) Then like the next scene will be like, oh no, I've been non-fatally shot in a non-life-threatening area. We've got to find out who did it. There are only two registered gun owners in Canada. We found the guy. (laughs) Then they'll have a scene that was just like, Oh no, I lost my mini iPod with all my Nickelback songs. Oh, here it is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The youth. I don't know if I like the way the youth direction is going. Um, I read this thing about this kid who's like 19, 
that just got $30 million because he came up with an app and sold it to Yahoo that helps you read the news more easily? No, no, that's not right. That's not where things should be going. It sets the wrong example for everybody. Let's not do that. There's nothing difficult about reading the news. It was never hard. No one ever looked at their phone. I wish there was a way to do this easier. No, that's not someone cure cancer. Quick, please, someone do that before we give $30 million. Once you learn how to read, the rest is gravy. That's it. There's no, there's also like a phone you can scroll with your eyes now. Gross, that's creepy. That's just weird. You're just like sitting there like, ah, yeah, okay. Great, something to read as I die in the hospital of cancer that no one has cured. <laughs> Did someone get 30 million for this? Oh, awesome, great. There needs to be an app that makes you better in person. That's the only app that they need. Because like most everybody in every generation cannot interact where everyone's better on paper. So, and, you know, I mean, I've had to go uh, away from a restaurant and Skype my order into the waitress because I felt like they were judging me. But I, it's just things that happen, gang. Uh, let's see, uh, the youth, they're out of control. Uh, I like do, I do like uh, dating uh, younger guys. I'm gay, what? It's not supposed to be like a surprise. You probably were able to tell. But I, I do like younger guys. And it's weird, when you look on the internet, there's always like these banner ads for things on the internet that'll just be like, straight guys that'll do anything for money. And you're like, huh, I wonder what that's going to be. It's just sucking dick. That's it. Wow, I didn't think what I was doing for free was so goddamn desperate. But it's great that they'll do anything. There's never like the opposite. With like, these gay guys will do anything for candles. They're going to fuck a lady. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just put it in there. I, just, I can't. Nothing's happening. I really just think about the candles. Just think about the... Oh, my God. Look at those sconces. Oh, yeah. All right. Going in. But recently, I was in my college town, which is like, oh, butthole Rama. And uh, it was crazy. Is uh, Austin, Texas, where I'm from. And yeah, all right. And I, uh, I went uh, there at home, and uh, I, I it, it, now I get like it's like a thing now with like older guys and younger guys. And uh, you know, it was shocked me the first time I got hit on by a younger guy online. You know, and uh, he goes, uh, "What's up, daddy?" And I was just like, "What?" You know, because I don't feel like I've uh, you know I don't have like a handlebar mustache or like you know I don't look like I'm in a cruising with Al Pacino or anything like that. So I was just like, how do I handle this? So I typed back, uh, not much, son. Are you checking into those colleges that we talked about and cleaning your room? So then he like answers back in 10 minutes, hard now. Oh my God. At that moment, I felt so bad for his real father. I was just like, if this guy knew, he would shut this shit down. But... Uh, but anyway, so I went, like, the, the, the opportunity came up to go, like, to the dorm that I went to, to meet this guy in a dorm that I went to school in and got no sex at all in. So it's like, you got to do it. It's like 13 going on 30. You got to go back. Did you ever see 13 going on 30? It's about this woman. Like, she goes to sleep, and she's 13. And then when she wakes up, she's in, like, a really shitty movie. But I had to go back and, like... 
get in there. But I forgot that there's like, you know, someone who has to check you into a dorm. So the guy comes to get me and there's like this 18 year old Asian girl and she looks at my ID and just gives like the hardest eye roll in history. Just like, oh, thought her eyes were gonna crack. But uh, so we go into the, my, this guy's uh, dorm room and uh, his roommate is there, which is weird. And uh, his roommate is one of these weird, like, goth gays. That's a new phylum, I guess, for the young ones. Because he's got, like, a poster of Evil Dead, The Hills Have Eyes, and a picture of Tina Fey. I didn't know what was going on with that side of the room. And he's, like, painting a picture of a woman with her eyes bleeding. And I go, what's that? And he goes, a self-portrait. I was like, oh, my God. This is horrible. Just please get out of the room for at least an hour. And, uh, and so I go in, and... The guy that I'm coming to see has this like inspirational poster that he's made uh, on the wall that has a picture of Britney Spears with like a bald head. And uh, it says, if Britney can make it through 2007, I can make it through this day. Just, just really a red flag and very specific too. Uh, but the moral of the story is he had a dirty butt. I gotta go, good night guys. Awesome. We've got two final comics tonight. I know you guys have seen a great show so far. Are you, do you still have it in your heart for two more awesome comics? I feel like you do. I feel like you do. Uh, this next comic, I, I love her so much. I saw her absolutely murder. Okay. This next comic, she and I and Kevin Camillo were at a show over the weekend. where the, It was an outdoor show on a back deck because we live in Los Angeles, and that's just a thing that can happen. And the police came and broke up the show. But wait, it gets better. So then the hosts just turned off the microphone, and the whole audience just came closer, like a little campfire. And then we just talked about like sex and our feelings, but to each other like interpersonally, in this like adorable little backyard circle. Like a party where just for some reason one person had a chance to talk for a while. And it was amazing to see in this next comic, she's hilarious and, and I love her all the time, but I loved watching her slay in front of people that she was just like, hello, we're all, here's the 30 of us sitting in a backyard. <laughs> so I love her so much. You guys are going to love her too. Let's hear it right now for Allie Wong. Come on, give it up for Allie. What do you have going on right now? Nothing. <laughs> That's not true because you're living in Los Angeles. So far... How long have you been doing stand-up? Seven years. How long have you been doing it? Like six Seven years. Seven or eight years. Okay, but you have been on The Tonight I've been Show. i stuff. I've done stuff, but then it's like... It's, it, there's this thing that happens where I'm, I'm always full of anxiety and fear because I have like... You know, I grew up around a lot of Jewish people and I have a lot of like neuroses living inside of me. So, But we all do, right? We all do. So it's like... There's this thing that happens where you get, um, you know, remember when you first started and it was like so exciting to just get on a show yes. where you perform for free? Yes. Where it's like, it was a seven minute set. Yes. And it wasn't. And then you like get greedy and you're like over that. Yes. And then you get to a point where you get something and everybody knows about it. Yes. And then you've got to prove yourself. And 
gotta keep that A because you've earned the A, but it's harder to keep the A than earn the A. Well, I totally know what you're... So, do you think people have been tougher on you since you've had some TV no, stuff? No, I don't think it's, like, about people, but it's, like, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's not, like, smooth sailing after you get on TV or something. Like, you have to put in work and continue that's right. to create Right, there's no, there's no moment where you're made. I think that's another no. thing. Because, I mean, I, I don't know you very well, but... The conversations that I've had with you, I know that you're somebody who's like, you're very business focused. You're very like aware of your career. Also very nice and yes. like casual. It's not like yes. you're like <laughs> constantly bringing like a binder with you. Yeah. But you're aware of the thing you need to do next. Right. And I do think that, I mean, you're right. As a comic, there's that, there's that like wearing off of the excitement as you get something, as you get something. You f- it, I think it is something where you have to constantly up the ante. Yeah. And then you also have to realize that if this is the job you want, it has to happen for the rest of your life. It's I mean, gotta happen for the rest not, of your life. Not at the same level. You don't always have to be doing the same things, but you have to somehow figure out how to constantly be reinventing like a task for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Because, so, you know, it's good. Like, I figured out too that with, um, especially like when you're Asian, sometimes when people, other people, um, like you, it, I really loved Chris Rock's WTF with Mark Marin mm. because he, when he was talking about why he left in living his SNL for in living color, and he was talking about how when he was like around all these like black writers and sketch writers and producers, because they were all black, they understand the little things about you that are funny. That's really interesting. Yeah, and like I haven't worked with like and like it it like it works a lot with. And he was talking about how like SNL. A lot of the writers and the actors and producers were Jewish, so it was like they all under—they all had the same mother, so they understood the little things about each other yeah. and made them funny. And I feel like, for me, I don't know. I grew up going to like all these Asian American film festivals, and since I've like gotten into the business of film and television, I haven't been involved at all with like the Asian American community. Guys, Ali Wong, let's hear it for her one more time. I also love that I gave her her credits were like she slayed in a backyard, but she's been on like the Tonight Show. And she was like a series regular on Are You Are You There Vodka? It's me, Chelsea. She's been on a lot of TV. She's been in movies. Oh, sometimes I'm good at my job. This next comic you'd know from a backyard. (laughs) I realized that after I brought her up. I should have said the other stuff and then the backyard stuff. You know, just like... And then she's still willing to hang out with us regular people. I should have said that, but... I was leading with the backyard chunk. Okay, guys, I can see see how you're doing. You're feeling a little... You're feeling a little... I don't know what's going on. Just chill. There's a lot of chill stuff happening. You just seem kind of relaxed. You're like... Just going through this, it's having fun. I like it, but I do want you to know there's one comic left, so you don't have to hold it inside. You know, you can kind of tense up those spines. You don't have to slouch down in them seats. You can get, you can get kind of ready for it. You know what I mean? Kind of lean forward. What's he gonna say? You know, you can kind of get kind of into it. You can kind of feel almost just like, oh my god. You know, if, if comics are the, you know, are the voices of our generation, you know, like then this, I could be listening. I could be listening. You know, I could, this could change my. This could change your life. And I want you to allow it to change your life. Are you ready for that to happen? Guys, just one comic left. Are you ready for that to happen? 
Oh, that is better. Hey, he runs a great show here in Los Angeles called The Business. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it right now for Mr. Chris Garcia. Give it up for Chris. Come on. Come on. Keep it going for Cameron and everybody else, huh? What a nice introduction. I uh, just moved to Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. I've been hanging out in Echo Park a lot. I think I'm supposed to. And uh, I've been trying a lot of the different foods and stuff. And for the first time, I just tried horchata. Or- horchata? Which is a Mexican river shampoo. <laughs> I don't know if you've tried that, but it's uh, pantene with un poquito cinnamon in it. And some giardia. And uh, no me gusta. It's disgusto. Como se dice disgusto. I like Echo Park, though, like, you know, it's diverse. A lot of hipsters, a lot of, like, uh, Latino people. Like, you're very likely to walk down the street past a 20-something that just graduated from Yale. Or a 20-something that just got released from Yale. For <laughs> uh, selling Yale. And um, it's nice. I have a money-making scheme for Echo Park. I'm going to dress up like a mariachi. I'm going to walk around, and I'm going to sing Radiohead songs. <laughs> in Spanish. I'm just going to walk around and just be like... So you creep. So you weirdo. ¿Quién carajo soy siendo aquí? Yo no belong here. Yo no belong here. Gracias, un dolor, por favor. Oh, no, that's cool. Clapping's cool, money's better, fuckers. Come on. Hook it up. Um, I'm also going to sing La Bamba in, uh, in English. A little something for everybody. Uh, just going to walk around and just be like, The Bamba! The Bamba! The, the Bamba! The Bamba! You want to do the Bamba? Do the Bamba! All you got to do to do the Bamba is a little thank you for me and for you. Ariba, Ariba, the Bamba! The, the Bamba! The Bamba! are too sweet. Give me money, fucker! <laughs> you guys are awesome. Uh, I just got back from South by Southwest. Uh, yeah, that's my re- reaction. I was very excited to go there. As soon as I got there, <gasps> it's like 100,000 people in this small town. And like, I just, it made me feel anxious. And usually I'm not an anxious person. Like, things that make me feel anxious are like, Shazamming a song in time. Uh, I'm like, Where the fuck is my. Why are these pants so tight? Why the fuck do I want to have a password on this thing? Listen faster, you dick. Fuck songs over shit. That does it. Um, makes me anxious. Um, also, meeting, seeing someone that's more anxious than me. Makes me anxious. I don't know if you encounter someone that's more anxious than you and they just re-gift that shit like an asshole. But I'm like, hey, how are you? And they're like, yeah, and I'm like, oh, fuck! Um, that gets me, too. Other than that, not anxious. 
But I'm walking around South by and I'm like, I feel like I'm walking in like the wrong direction, like fucking, like fucking C-3PO and shit. In the wrong direction at all times. I'm like starting to get upset. Like, start, like what? I felt old. Like there's all these girls with like Indian face paint on and like a Navajo wolf head on top of their fucking head. I was like, is there a fucking Forever 21 built on an Indian burial ground that I didn't learn about in history class? I'm freaking out. So what I, I decided, I'm like, okay, I'm going to drink my way through this. I'm going to drink until I feel like a billion Fonzies, and I'm just going to be cool and live through this. And so I start drinking and drinking, and I have this, like, pass where you can go anywhere, and I'm in this, like, weird little backstage area in this little corner, and the only person there is Kirk Hammett from Metallica. And I'm like... Kirk wants to see, he wants to catch up. <laughs> he wants to chop it up. He wants to know what open mics have been doing recently. Uh, <laughs> chopping up Kirk. And so I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I just like, this is how I articulate for the, the thought. There was a long distance that went from this thought to like out my mouth. And so I just, this is what I do. I get like pretty close to him and I just go, yeah! <laughs> yeah! Best band of all time, Red Hot Chili Peppers! I drank myself into being a total asshole. But I'm not going to stop drinking. I'm not going to be sober. I'm there for like days. So I decide what I'm going to do is I'm going to eat a bunch of mushrooms and I'm going to go see Neil Young. I love Neil Young. I thought it was a great idea. Terrible idea. Because Neil Young is not young anymore. He's old and he's terrifying. <laughs> Neil Young comes out. I don't know if you've seen him recently. He comes out and he's just like... <sighs> <laughs> he's so old. He looks like a fish at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> like old Chinese ladies are like, that motherfucker's old right there. <laughs> that guy's old. <laughs> and so he's... I'm like... <gasps> Because he's here and he's on a jumbotron, but I'm like, did I project that? Did I put this ghost in a flannel shirt and make him 200 times bigger? He plays his hits and he's killing it. And he's doing a great job. He's, you know, he's playing a lot of good songs. And I'm like, okay, this is really fun. And halfway through the show, he's like, uh, hey, you guys, uh, guys want to hear a new song? And everyone's like, no! You don't pay like $300 for a new Neil Young song. Play Heart of Gold, asshole. You know what I mean? Starts playing this song half an hour long. Uh, mostly whistling. Some harmonica and then one line of lyrics for 30 minutes, which he repeated over and over again. And this was... I'll try to do it. This is what he... This is what the song went. It went like this. It was a... <coughs> I wanna be a giant on the land. I wanna be a giant on the land. I'm like, Ugh. I'm on mushrooms. I'm like, Ugh. everything's intense on mushrooms. So I'd be like, oh, close your eyes. I'd be like, no, blood swamp, blood swamp. Open your eyes. No. He turns around and he faces his amp and he's just like, like going all his feedback stuff. And I'm like, Aah! 
He's like, and he goes back into the song. He's like, I want to be a giant on the land. I want to be a giant on the land. Then he goes, I want to be a giant on the land. Giant, 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 giant. And I think for a second, everyone in the crowd was like, holy shit, is Neil Young stuck right now? Is he so old that we have to control alt delete this motherfucker? We have to reboot this pinwheel of a man right now? The show ended up being great. Mushrooms last hours, so then I went to go see Skrillex on Mushrooms. Terrible idea, because now I fucking love Skrillex. And I'm going to Burning Man every year. Okay, you guys have been so great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Cameron. You guys were both hilarious. You did an awesome job, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Oh, we're on awesome. Thanks Kevin, for... Chris. So yes. I was just asking you a second ago that you guys... So how long have you known each other? Uh, I don't know. Maybe like seven to eight years. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah, yeah. really awesome when that... So you kind of came up together. Yeah. And then oh, now sure. are both pretty, still pretty new to L.A. Yeah. I mean, I, Chris, when did you come here? August. Yeah, so that's, I mean, you're still within your first year. That feels crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you just got here like two just weeks ago. Just got here, yeah. <laughs> I, does that feel helpful that you, like, that have, have these, here? these yeah. buddies out here? And it's, more, it's not oh, even friends. Sure. It's, like, people that know what you're talking about. They yeah. know yeah. the other list of people that you can reference to them. Yeah, right. Because you know, coming up in Chicago, that's true here, too. Chicago and San Francisco both have, like, a pretty huge... You run deep. Yeah, we have a yeah. huge group of folks in LA. How has it been so far for you? you oh, it's been ago. good. Yeah, two weeks ago. Brian, you can come join us. What? Yeah. <laughs> Just come talk to us. Well, look who's yeah. over, guys. Brian, come What's going on? We were talking about a recent relocation to Los Angeles. All These, four of us? Yeah. You mean like all four yeah. of us? You came from Portland, yes? Seattle. Seattle. Yep. Right? I am trying to uh, get people to think it's Portland. I don't know why I thought it was Portland, but okay, know. got it. Okay, so Seattle, and then when did you come? When? Uh, uh, six just months. Just now like in your exactly. pants? Just kidding. Okay, ah, sorry. I'm so Canadians. sorry. What a bunch of... Um, wait, when was it? Like six months ago. Six exactly. months ago? Yeah, okay. Me too. Yeah. So that we came here at the same time. Yeah. And is there a big group of Seattle folks out here? Um, Because I don't really know anybody. Yeah, I mean, there's a fair... Is there? I don't know. Not really. Andy Haynes? I think the ones yeah, Andy, Andy Haynes, um, Lizzie Pilcher. I'm gonna forget a bunch and it's not like a jerk. But there, yeah, there's some. Most of them are older than me in comedy, yeah. at least. That's a little bit of a different vibe than what we're because there's a big crew of San, San Francisco, Francisco dudes folks, that are yeah. also like all pretty. Like it felt like a graduating class kind of recently came here of like San Francisco folks that moved down all pretty recently. Oh, yeah. But you're here for two weeks. How are you feeling? Are you losing your mind? No, oh, it's great. It's great. I mean, I, I try to explain it like it's like a, it's like summer camp. There's so many shows. Yeah. And there's so many like free shows where all these great comics that, you know, just being a fan of comedy and listening to all the podcasts. I, I get to see them now. It's yeah, really you can't cool. really believe who's around. Yeah, they're yeah, just, it's like, great. Hanging out. They're just at shows. Folks that. Yeah. We're like the only four people that aren't jaded yet. I don't want to go to the fucking people's shows. Well, I mean, actually, I already am like... (laughs) Not that I don't want to go to shows, I just... 
it's so different here to try to motivate yourself to go out every night. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what yeah. it's like in San Francisco, but I can't, like, I've, I've done enough shows in Seattle where I feel like I kind of have a little bit of a vibe of like what the Seattle scene is like. Yeah. But that's kind of like a, cro- a close-knit group of folks that like travel like everybody's gonna be in one place every night like you gotta Basically, get out yeah. there you gotta like put your FaceTime in here it's like just San like it doesn't matter if you ever yeah. go out so it's always you just looking yeah. in the mirror and being like get out of here you failure come on <laughs> you wanna pack your bags and go home yeah how, how are you feeling about it having been here since August are you I like it I'm from here so oh I didn't know that so I get it yeah <laughs> and uh but I like it you know, we have like a deep crew like Kevin and Ali Wong and yeah. friends, you know, Moshe and Weinbach and everybody, and it's like nice to be reunited and like nice to be back home, with family and friends and stuff. It's really wow. nice. This is the most positive moving to LA <laughs> conversation I've ever had. You should check it's back. Not just in, like, that you're, yeah, it's not just that you're not changing. You guys are like, this is like the best city. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> There's yeah. just so much going on. It's beautiful. I want to go out all the time. Yeah, yeah. But you guys probably came from places you liked. Like, you guys probably liked San Francisco. Oh, you yeah, probably yeah. liked Chicago. Yes, did you hate Seattle? I fucking hate Seattle. <laughs> wow, really? I hate <laughs> Seattle. So to me, it was no. Was that where you're from? No, I, I was there for 12 years, though. I was there How a the fuck did you get time. trapped there? Um, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, I had a good job, and then the it was side. like I wanted a reason to leave, yeah. and then I got a reason and left. But I, I grew up in Maine before that. What was your reason? Uh, to leave oh, Seattle. Yeah. I, I moved eat. here to write for Joan Rivers. That's a really good reason. Yeah. <laughs> Worked yeah. out. Turns yeah. out she pays better than me, so. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Awesome. Yeah. Well, then, good. We're all doing it. Yeah. Everybody here is a success already. Let's what honestly if, check back in six months. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think we should. <laughs> we should. We'll have, we'll have gray hair. You guys we're fat and thin at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> We've all quit comedy. Yeah, yeah. We're just producing reality television. <laughs> in our own apartments about our lives that nobody watches. Guys, Chris Garcia, what a funny man. Come on. He murdered your faces. Hey, you guys, thank you. I want to thank you so much for coming out tonight. We do have a couple buttons that I'm going to give to the superstars of the show. You get one, too. Even just because, like, I felt like I didn't really address your age or needs, you know, and how what your relationship is to your parents. So there's a button. Um, and who else gets a button? Hey, get over here. You should get a button. You got Woo! it. Yeah, you got this. You're going to be manager of that Coles, then you're going to own that Coles, and you're going to fire everybody else in that Coles, and you're going to burn it to the ground! <laughs> and there you go, that's for you. And these people left, so... Fuck those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's cool. I got one left, and I feel like um, that's going to go f- to you, just because I, it's rare that somebody raises the hand at a... Stand-up show, but it is always appreciated. Like I, in my own heart as a comic, looking out to the audience of people and just having one person with their hand, like just patiently at their side, she's gonna call on me. I, like it's such, it's so much trust that you're giving me, like because you're not shouting out. You're just like, well, I, I went to school. I know how to. Dude, I'll be. This will be addressed. You know, whenever she gets through that thing, she's talking about the vortex or whatever nonsense. I'll just keep my hand up. And she'll come back to me, and you were right. You're a polite man. Guys, that's our show. Let's hear it for everybody you saw. We are here every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. You can find us on Twitter at, at P 
PYHD Show. Please download the podcast and rate and review on iTunes. Have a great night. Put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. This is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season three has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, season three is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Eight nights. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <laughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Uh, yes, I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Oh, Jesus! I mean, Jazos, <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.